We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you and you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom, you'll see the link to our Patreon site. Hello, hello. I am going to read us a review from our Facebook page. And this is from a gal who says, so healing for my soul, I was betrayed and I have struggled more than I want to. This gives me hope for even me who hasn't had a chance to work on my marriage as my spouse left without a fight. So I love that she's listening and she's still obviously wanting to work on her and mm-hmm. sees the value of, I still have a part in healing and I don't have to wait for a spouse to do it. I think that the end goal isn't you know, necessarily having a happy, healthy marriage. I, I mean, that's nice. That's, that's what I think most people desire, but the end goal is being happy and healthy and having peace within yourself. And sometimes a healthy marriage is an option. Sometimes it's not. So if you're using the content that that we give, um, to help your own individual healing, then awesome. Go for it. Keep doing it. So, and honestly, I have to speak to this. I love that you guys can, can hear our story, which is ours alone and still see you in your own story. Yeah, absolutely. As different as they all are. Yes. Um, it's hard to speak to everyone's individual story, um, but we're just sharing what we know. And everyone listening isn't Ashlyn and Kobe. No. <laughs> no, you're on your own healing journey. So True that. Yeah. Okay, so today's topic is one that I get requests for on a weekly basis. It's one that's been on like the board of, hey, we need to do this podcast. People really want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And then other things come up and we do, we do other topics. So we're going to do it today. And it's kind of sparked because someone that Kobe mentors sent this article. The article is called my fiance was watching porn days before our wedding. So I canceled everything. Yeah. So it kind of sparked this. What do you believe? Would you have left Kobe if, if you had known and should I leave someone if they are looking at porn? Yeah. If they're honest enough to say, hey, I used to have a problem or I currently have a problem. So I've had uh, women in my women's groups who are engaged or just dating a guy wow. with a porn problem. And they're in these women's gr- groups with women who are in marriages with, with guys with porn problems and sex addiction. And a lot of times the, the women, the, the, the older women who are in these relationships with sex addiction are thinking, what in the heck are you thinking? <laughs> get like, out now. Bail now, <laughs> get out. Um, and I've heard countless stories of, of good men with porn problems going to their fiance or their girlfriend and saying, hey, I need to talk to you about something. They open up and then they get dumped. Um, it happens all the time. Totally hear that. Um, Which is why you never told me. That was, <laughs> I mean... Yes, <laughs> that is exactly why I never told you that that still sucks, but still. So, so, so the, we need a bit of a paradigm shift and I think it's a hard reality to face. Um, but the reality is, is, is most men are looking at porn. That's the reality. So whether you're a divorced woman looking to date somebody or whether you're 
a younger woman just starting in tr- looking for a spouse or whatever, you're probably going to come across a guy who, who looks at porn. That's a reality. Um, so does that mean that you just stay single forever? Yeah, and you call off all men are terrible. They're all looking at porn. Yeah, and every man that's ever looked at porn is bad. If, if you're thinking that way, then, then you're probably going to... Pro- probably, unless you find the unicorn or the <laughs> diamond in the rough or whatever, like you're probably going to stay single. Um, well, and I'm going to be super honest here. It's not just the men. Yeah, I was thinking the same it's thing. It's girls. And, and it's not as uh, normal to talk about it with the girls, but young girls are looking at porn as well. More well, and more women are looking and at older, it. And older, yeah. Well, and it's interesting, like the, the men looking at porn is, is very much looked at as that's a problem, right? But the, the girls, they look at porn. Not, not as many girls look at porn, but they do. Right. Um, but they also get into other things like uh, romance novels and mm-hmm. um, really getting sucked into social media. And they numb out in other ways as well. And so, yeah. you know, as we're trying to develop healthy relationships through dating, um, you're both going to bring stuff to the table yeah. um, that, that might be a problem for the relationship. And... I think if you're expecting to find somebody with a perfectly clean slate, um, then then it's going to be hard to find that. Where does that idea come from? The movies. I that's where I think. Uh, and I read a lot of like uh, romance novels, not like the nasty ones, but like right. fun, like Christian. And, and, ones. and we're not saying that that's a yes. bad thing, right? right? No, 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 no. But I read them, and that was like, oh, that's what happens. And so I really, my expectations on marriage were ridiculous. Well, it starts when you're three years old. Yeah. You know, Prince Charming doesn't have a porn problem. <laughs> <laughs> they have not made that yet. Really, yeah, they haven't shown that. So. Um, that's the episode that but, never but went. But you know what? Maybe he does. <laughs> Maybe he does. Went. We just yeah. don't know it. Yeah. Um, but Dang. but yeah, in our mind, it's like, and I think it is important when you're dating somebody, you are evaluating whether or not they'll make a good life partner. And so it's not that you're, you're just say, oh, well, they have problems and I'm supposed to just accept anything they have and deal with it because everybody has problems, right? You, we're, we're, you're, you're evaluating to see, do they make a good life partner? But here's where, here's what I know. What I know is that a, a man with a porn problem um, can make an excellent life partner. And a, a girl with a problem with you know, porn or too much social media can make an excellent life partner. Um, and, and maybe even a better life partner because they've had these struggles. So if our expectation is they just need to have a clean slate and never have any of these problems, um, then good luck finding them. I hope you do. Um, but the good news is, is if they have these problems, you can still find a very good life partner. And so as you date somebody with a, a porn problem, I would say don't kick them to the curb right away. But take a step back and look at a few things. Educate yourself and look at a few things because they still might make an excellent partner. They may not, though. And, and, and so as you listen to this, hopefully you get educated. And maybe you listen to it and, and see, oh, my gosh, the guy I'm dating is not a, a marriage material. And it might rock your world and you might need to go break up with him. But you might listen to it and hear, oh, my gosh, good. The guy I'm dating has a porn problem, but he's he's got the things that I need in order to keep moving forward in the relationship. Okay, that's the piece to me that is really important. And, and that is um, if you're dating somebody 
and you get to the point in your relationship when it's like, okay, let's talk about some, you know, something other than the pleasantries. You're really getting emotionally intimate. It's really important to keep in mind that this person that you're drawn to, you might have some degree of chemistry and you enjoy being around them. You have like interests, um, you find them interesting. If you think about, and, and, if, and if they're very honest with you and they share like what, that they have a porn problem, think about it this way. Even though I like this person and I'm really drawn to them and they have a porn problem, that porn problem may be 1% of their life. It might, they might spend 1% of their day or 1% or 2% of their week enveloped in this, this porn problem. So the, the question is, would you toss a relationship, would you walk away from a relationship with somebody who has um, something that you don't agree with or don't like 2% of the time? Well, so let's think about, so, so piggybacking off what you just said, Kobe, let's think about what constitutes a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a foundation. Um, and that foundation is built on trust, trust, safety, safety. So if, if it's trust and safety, is it the foundation of it all? Mm -hmm. um, what builds trust and safety? Honesty. That's Transparency. It. Honesty. Okay. So, Vulnerability. So what doesn't build trust and safety is perfection. So if, if wait, I'm... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You said that way too fast. Say that, repeat that. What, what doesn't build trust and safety is perfection. So, okay. So just soak that in. <laughs> just soak that in. Right. God's not expecting any of us to be perfect. Right. So to have the expectation in a relationship that the other person is going to be perfect isn't a fair expectation. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Another way to say it is <laughs> I can screw up and make mistakes and still maintain trust and safety with my wife. Um, in fact, I can build trust and safety through those mistakes that I make. Wow. But how? Right? So, totally. So, so if I make mistakes and I do things that aren't good and I own it, and I'm honest and I'm open and I learn from those mistakes and she knows that and she sees that and she sees my heart and knows that I can deal with those things and I'm not wallowing in my shame and hiding and avoiding and isolating because of them, then she'll be able to see me still. She'll be able to trust me still. Okay. So that was just really, that just hit me between the eyes, what you just said. And I don't know, I want to hear where you are with this, Ash, but I think what's super important is if you're the individual, man or woman, who is struggling with, with this addiction, or any addiction for that matter, it's important that you understand that what Brennan just said, and that is, even though you might struggle with this particular issue, the partner that you really want is not going to expect perfection from you. And this, this issue, if, if discussed and talked about, doesn't have to be a deal breaker in as much as the spike narrative in your head will say that it is. Yes, exactly. Or other people's opinions. Yes. Yes, exactly. So so the the level of betrayal trauma is directly correlated to the level of denial and deceit in the relationship. It's not directly correlated to what type of pornography they look at. So so what I mean by that and and like hear me through on this because I'm not saying it's okay that they look at porn and, and just be honest about it. So every day you look at porn and say, Hey hon, I did it again today. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. But the addict who is honest and open and talking about their issues, they're going to be much less likely to have a desire to consume pornography because it's, it's on the surface. Yeah. The addiction is going to go known. away 
if they're honest and open. And so when they do slip up and they own it, then they're going to have a longer period of sobriety um, because they, they, they deal with it when it comes. Um, the deceit, the denial is what causes the, the breakdown in the relationship. So if you're dating somebody, coming back to our topic today, yeah, yeah. you're dating somebody and you're, and you're getting in that relationship and they seem really uncomfortable or really awkward, or they create distractions, or they turn the tables, or they can't talk about hard things, that's a red flag. Yeah. If they can talk about hard things, and they're talking about how they slipped up with something, or made a mistake, but they're honest and open with it, that's a good sign. So, so differentiate that in your mind. You're looking for somebody that you can feel safety with, and the way you feel safety is through them being honest with you and open. And I do have to give credit to the young adults of our age, not our age, younger, who they are more vulnerable and they are more open mm-hmm. and they are having these conversations. Super, and that's totally. why we get this request because people are coming forward and saying, hey, I do have this problem or I once had this problem and you need to know. Yeah, percentage well, wise, I don't, I don't talk to any millennial who hasn't- They ask the question. Previously disclosed- like, well, hey, and, in, and in I think the younger generation issue. is a little more open to, yeah. you know what, you have this problem. I'm okay with that mm-hmm. as long as you work on some things. Yeah, and yeah. like, I get it. I get that from the day you were born, you had a phone in your hand with porn in front <laughs> yes, of your face. Seriously. You know, that's an ex- extreme exaggeration, but they get it, right? Uh, the other thing too, Ashlyn, is... Uh, the older generation. So, so I work a lot with divorced people and mm-hmm. when they get divorced, they, they hop on Bumble or whatever and mutual or whatever it is and, and they meet people. And um, so, so the clients that I work with, they get out of a marriage where they dealt with a pretty intense sex addiction and now they're dating, they're dating and they find people who probably had the problem with porn and they're much more like direct with it and honest and like, let's just get down yeah, to it and no talk about time. it. Let's not waste time and just like go there. And um, a lot of them feel like, am I nuts? Am I crazy to even date again, to date somebody with a, a porn problem? I just went through hell in my marriage. But the, the, the women that I work with who go through this, um, they're, they're so wise and they're so smart. They, they, they realize what healthy attachment is and and they don't just base it on whether he's looked at porn or not. They understand that he probably has. So I love that. Okay. So how do I bring this up if we haven't had this conversation in my relationship? So okay, it depends on where you're at in the relationship. So, so not first date. I probably wouldn't on the first date. If it comes up, great. You know, okay. but probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you know, if you go out with a guy and he's like, Yeah, I go to my SA meeting and I it's part of my life, like that's a good sign. Go on a second date with that dude, right? Um, but I probably wouldn't be like, Hey, you know, first date, like, let me talk about your porn problem. <laughs> so so, you know, where are you at in that relationship? So if you're, you're in a committed relationship um, and you haven't had that talk, that's a problem. Um, how do you bring it up? You bring it up directly. Go right at it. So I, I would say asking, have you ever looked at porn would be a bad question. Yes. You don't and want, why though? Because the answer, it, it leads to wanting to lie, in my opinion. How? Because we've all seen porn in some way or another. My kids have seen porn in some way, whether it's pictures or video. 
And so it's a hard question to answer. So so don't interrogate and don't ask yes and no's because you you want to you want to have a discussion with them because you want to see if they'll flow with it and discuss with you. So there's a difference between have you looked at porn or not? And, you know, what, what's your experience been like with porn? Tell yeah. me about it. How's it been in your life? Such um, a good question. You know? I mean, a crappy question, but it's a good question because it opens that discussion in a non-threatening way. Totally. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. And the truth is, is that I think going back to what your point was, Ashlyn, is how you ask this question can really convey a message to the person in front of you that you're curious, that you're not going to judge, that you're open, and that you can be safe because you have asked this question in a way that's that's quite um, open and, and not judgmental. And if you want someone to be vulnerable with you, you've got to be able to be, um, you've got to invite safety in order to have the hard conversation. And hopefully that will be reciprocated in return. Yes. And, and, and that's what you're kind of, you're, you're not gauging the, the answer, the yes or no, I've looked at porn or not. Yeah. Um, what you want to gauge or, or pay attention to more is um, the, the reaction to it. So the, the ease in which they can talk about it uh-huh. and, 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 and be your, open. And your reaction matters. So oh, for sure. So let's say I asked the question to Kobe and Kobe's honest and he replies, okay, I do have or in the past I had this problem, if my eyes go big and I say, oh, oh crap, right. that he's going to probably stop talking. Right, right. Think you want a relationship where, you know, talking about porn is one thing, but if you're progressing in a relationship, a healthy relationship is one where you can talk about any hard topic mm-hmm. with ease. You know, you talk about money or the in-laws or whatever, and it's like, let's, let's talk about it, even if it's a hard thing to talk about. And if you can communicate through those things then you're going to have a good relationship. So there's a lot of shame around sexuality. There's a lot of shame around porn use. And if he shows up not in very much shame when he talks about it, then have a great discussion. I mean, it could be awesome. And another thing you're looking for, so, so once you bring it up, once you talk about it, um, be willing to, to continue to talk about it. If it comes up the next week or whatever, um, continue to talk about it and talk about it from both sides. It's not just his issue. And you know, what if, what if you are triggered by a woman that you see on the beach and you're comparing yourself to her in this, I mean, talk about where you're at with things and how you feel sexually and who you are as well, rather than just make it about him and what he's doing. I, I like that you brought that up because I think when I, learned of Kobe's porn use, it really was, I went inside my head and I told him nothing. Right. And it really shut me down in a lot of areas because I didn't feel safe telling him. Yeah. You wanted him to be open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it does go both ways. I like that. I think what's also key on this too is when it is, if this question's asked to you, I'm speaking directly to the addict again, male or female, if this question's asked to you, what's your experience been with porn? Um, this is an important opportunity for you to build trust. It's an important opportunity for you to show up with integrity to say, this is what my experience has been. But then I think what's also, and, and remember that, that what you share is simply just context about you. And this just describes you. Okay. That, and, and if you look at it as a deal breaker, then you're going to be less apt to want to be totally transparent and honest. But if you just say, this is what my experience has been, and this is, this is what I've done. 
Um, I think it's also a super fair question to say, so tell me what your context is. If you're the addict asking the Absolutely. person that you're dating, so what's your context? What's your experience been with porn? And that's not to add, that's, that's simply just to say, what does that benefit you? You're not you? turning the tables. That, totally. No, you're having a discussion. Because, it. and the reason why I say that is, is it's important for you to understand, okay, so did, did they date someone previously who had um, you know, a porn addiction and lied to them about it? Have they experienced some degree of betrayal in a previous relationship? Do they have a family member, a brother, a dad? Do they have a best friend who really struggled with porn? And what was that like for them? Right. These are really important. This is a conversation that, that's on the table that really can be an interesting dialogue and an important one. So it's not just a matter of like, what's your experience? But it's like both ways. It's like, not, let's not just, just interesting, but, but an opportunity for some real deep connection. Right. You know, if he's opening up about his, his shame and his trauma around his porn addiction, um, and it leads to a discussion about her shame and about masturbating as a teenager or, mm -hmm. or, you know, something that happened to her trauma wise with sex early on. Like if it opens up stuff like that, that's a good thing. You're talking about hard things together. Um, as long as it's safe and, and you can connect on it. Is it okay to talk about masturbation in addition to porn? Of, of course. In this, in this context? Talk about sex. Talk about everything. So absolutely, bring up masturbation. Where are you at with that? How do you, where do you stand on that? How is, you know, what's, what do you think about it? So I'm going to add to this that whoever is starting this conversation really needs to know who they are and what their values yeah. are. Because if you really don't know what your values are, you're not going to know what, if it matters or if it doesn't. Right, right. So you kind of have to That's figure out point, who you Ashlyn. are. That's a good point, Ashlyn. Yeah. Well said. Why, thank you. You know, I listened to Terry Crews this week on Lewis mm -hmm. Howe's podcast. I don't mm -hmm. know if you listened to it. No, it's so but, good. but I like Terry Crews. Yeah. yeah, he shared his story, which is very similar to Kobe's. And he said, like, it was, so many It was strangely similar. Really? Like, yes. Yeah, super. Well, and you look just like him. I know, I mean, right? so, that's, that goes unsaid, right? It's like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's, it's a very good episode to listen to. It's his full story. But he said so many of the same things that Kobe has said. And one of the most common that I hear is I thought it would go away when we got married. Yeah, And totally. so I think what you're saying of having these hard conversations before it brings those expectations yes. out of like, okay, this is real. And so what do, what do I play? If I had known about Kobe's back then, it was so different. Um, I think I was pretty clueless. Oh, but I, I was right in line with you, right by your side. I was Captain Clueless. But I, if it were me, if I could do it over, and Kobe, you know, if we had this conversation, I would go to like, I'm gonna go find someone to help me through yeah. this. I need to get educated. I don't even know what this means, and I can't what's tell my you. Role? I can't tell you the difference I see in couples. So I do intakes all week, and I, I hear two different stories. I. It's like half and half. Um, sometimes it's we've been married for 13 years, and I just caught him, and mm. and I had no clue. And the 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 break in the foundation is so big then, and it's so hard. It's it's hard to heal. Um, it's possible, but it's hard um, compared to the other couple, which is yeah. I told her when we were dating. I told her when we were engaged and she's way more at peace and chill and she wants to support him and help him. And there's trust there <coughs> and there's support because from the get go, he was honest and open with her and she knew what she was getting herself into. Um, and, 
And so it's it's just it lays the foundation so much better when there's just that honesty from the get go. That's interesting. So. I like that. So um, okay, so we're going into marriage. We know, or we're getting more serious with the relationship. Okay. We'll say that. And I already know the truth. What are our roles? Like, what am I looking for to say? Let's move forward with this. Yeah. I'm okay with this. But what does that actually look well, like? Well, so I wouldn't be okay with it if. He, if you have this conversation and it goes great and you hear that he's done nothing about it, he's like, yeah, I'm open and honest, but yeah, you know, I try to not do it and, you know. No steps to actually I haven't stop. worked a recovery at all. Okay. So, so, so white knuckling. Yeah. So white yeah, you, you've white knuckled and uh, it, the, what you want to see or want to observe is that he is proactively engaged in some kind of recovery behavior and on his own as a man he wants to heal himself so whether whether you're in the picture or you're not in the picture he cares about himself not being compulsive in his sexual behaviors and and, and managing himself so so you want to you want to see that right did you have a comment Cody? well I, I think what's a super key point about that is no matter Staying stagnant, no matter what the issue is, is is not a productive place to be in. Especially when you're talking about in a relationship with somebody else. If you, um, if if you had this issue, if you have this issue now, and you're just stuck and getting help is really scary, then I, I think what's a super important thing to be able to do is to say, okay, is it worth it for me to begin? starting that journey of getting help because yeah am i am i the is the person that i'm 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 showing up as for the people that i'm dating is that the person that i that i want to um get into a relationship with or is there something more within me something better within me that says you know what i actually can do this i know that this is a thing to to, to work on this i'm gonna do it and um, I think that's a really big tell if someone loves themselves enough it showed, to do the work. It shows a level of interdependency. It's not, whoa, we've had this conversation and you caught me in this thing, so now I'll, that's codependent. That's a codependent recovery. Yeah. It's a, I'm doing this for you. Um, and a healthy person is somebody who is interdependent. They're connected to you, but they stand on their own two feet and they know who they are. It's really important. Super key point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you want to see them working a recovery. Um, you want to see that they're continuing to be open and honest with you and that you can have hard conversations. Those are really yeah. key points. Guys, I was I I did not I did not talk hard things. I was so afraid. Uh, I mean, do you remember the time when I when I had to tell you that I had a tattoo? And um, you don't? I you, do not. It took like 15 minutes for me wait, to just say wait. I have a tattoo. Wait, you do? Yeah, I have a tattoo. And um, I don't know if I want to ask if I want to see it or not. It's, <laughs> it's totally 90s. I know, right? <laughs> I've but, got to see I mean, it. It's a tribal <laughs> band. After we're yeah. done with this session, you're totally. this episode, but, you're definitely. But the point me. is, is if I had <laughs> if I had such deep shame about having a tattoo on my arm, there's no way. I thought you'd have a, tra- a butterfly tramp stamp or something. <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish? <laughs> Seriously. Um, 
then then is it obvious? I mean, just looking back, it's like, Ashlyn, it's like ridiculous that it took me that long to say, I have a tattoo. And you're like, well, I don't care. My brother-in-law's got, he's got ink all up and down his legs and his arms. It's like, okay, and? And you blew right past that. But I was like so deep in shame, I couldn't even talk about having a tattoo. And then <laughs> it's just, guys, um, the best part of you can um, be in a relationship even when it's hard to talk about hard things, but you have to just take a chance and realize I, I need to, yeah, the, the partner that I'm, I'm, I'm dating is worth the effort for me to be vulnerable. But moreover, it's, you're worth it. Right. You're worth showing, putting your best foot forward to say, this is me. Right. And I guess I'm not going to break into song right now, but now, I, still. I, I do want to say one more thing before we wrap up. And that's that, I have seen some cases where um, the addict is humble. Um, they are trying hard to be honest and um, the addiction is kicking the crap out of them. Mm -hmm. And and what that means is they're doing things that, that are crazy. Maybe they're sleeping with prostitutes or just having all kinds of partners or whatever. And, and as they're the person, you know, you're dating them and if they're telling you all this stuff, just because they're being open and honest about that doesn't mean that you have to continue dating them. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's heart-wrenching because you can connect to the real them and you can see their heart and they want to change. But at the same time, you don't have to get closer and closer to them if you feel like that addiction is going to hurt you. Um, and so it's not an automatic just because they're their heart is good that, that you stay. And sometimes you do have to have boundaries and say, I can't, you know what, we can be good friends or our relationship has to be different because your compulsive behavior is still, still too much for so, a healthy relationship. What I'm hearing, Brandon, is that no matter what happens in the discussion, whether they've told you or you're about to find out if they have a history, you need to take time and get curious and process yeah. who you are, what you believe, and what you're okay with. What are your boundaries? Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. not to just, okay, we're done, or okay, okay let's we're get doing married. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, yeah, That's a good way to put it, Ashley. We went so quick when we got engaged and married. It's because and, we didn't have, we had like an inch worth of like emotional range between the two of right. us to, 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 to traverse. Which is why our future, ch our children will be in therapy oh, when they get engaged. <laughs> yeah, they'll have Seriously. like a year-long engagement, all of which is going to be in therapy with their partner. You're, you're, their their uh, <laughs> boyfriends are going to be like, your parents are freaking crazy. I know, yeah. and yeah. I'll be like, go listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, We're way crazier than you think. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, Don't make our mistakes, guys. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So there's some other there's some other points on this that, that we're going to hit on that are that are super key. Um, I think there's going to be some. Um, I'm going to pose some questions for both the addict and the betrayed um, to consider in having this conversation moving forward. What that could look like, um, but also um, I've, I'm going to share some questions and some processes to to go through to to evaluate um, what's a deal breaker, what's not. Um, am I ready for a relationship or am I not? And uh, we're going to touch on a couple of other things too in the in the Patreon episode, yeah. right, Brennan? Yep. And and one more thing, just because you say I do, doesn't mean that you're not still dating that person. So a lot of what we talked about in this episode applies to marriage. Yeah. And um and you're still looking for those same things in your marriage. Yeah. So. Right. Hey guys, thanks for being here. I uh, love to have you jump on and rate and review the podcast. Um, just appreciate you guys being here. Talk See soon. you guys.